0: Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise <laughs> him. Too long. That's too long. Okay. All right. uh, today we're yeah. going to be talking about shh, at Red Stitch Actors Theatre, social dance at Theatre Works. And Midnight, the Cinderella musical at the Comedy Theatre. Ooh. A wonderful variety, a whole mixed bag, a veritable bounty of theatre to talk Such about today. Such a bounty, yes. Like, oh, let's dive in head first. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okie dokie. <laughs> I hope the water's deep. <laughs> Hello, James. <laughs> oh, hello, Dave. Hi, how are you going? Uh, good, I'm good. I'm really good, actually. That's good. Isn't it? It's yeah, nice. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be good. You know, I've just been feeling very in my power, very centered, very in control. Are these you know? true things or are you no, just trying out Not sentences? at all. No. Trying it. Um, okay. <laughs> Feeling out of control, feeling mad. Mm-hmm. feeling fine actually I'm feeling good How are you? Fine Fine been, uh, okay. <laughs> been working a lot lately um, Yes we, <laughs> we were just Prior to recording this Talking about that phenomenon That maybe only hospitality people can relate to Especially mm. gay man hospitality people Or maybe it happens to straight people too I don't think this is a gay centric thing Jake <laughs> I don't know if it is or not Um, But yeah No that thing of like I often find myself Sort of like Falling mildly in love With like Boyfriends and husbands Of people that are dining in restaurants That I'm working at At least the one that I'm currently working at And the phenomenon that sometimes happens Where it's like you kind of, it seems like you're like mildly at least hitting it off with the husband and the wife gets like visibly mad at you. Which I think you. is so funny. <laughs> I think it's so funny. It's like, come on, bitch. Let's, let's just do it together. Join that's in! He, that's absolutely not what I'm thinking or would de- Jake is myself. trying to initiate bisexual threesomes with married couples that come into the restaurant he works at. So <laughs> you know, if you're swingers, head on in. What, well, I'm open to stuff. I'm Jake's not open got, to got that fingers. Stuff. No, what! <laughs> oh, I regretted that immediately. Jake's <laughs> got fingers. That's how I answer the phone. <laughs> Jake's got fingers. <laughs> okay, Jake, stop answering the phone like that. Jake, <laughs> you're under arrest. I, why? You know why. <laughs> you can't tell people. You've got fingers. Um. So, so, what have you been up to this week, Jake? Apart from serving food to strangers, what have you done? <laughs> oh, other things. Mm. I think a thing that I came across on the internet that like, was, I was I was thinking about for like I don't know a couple of hours, I suppose, on and off, was this like <laughs> the internet tried to get me to read this article about how like. Taylor Swift versus Shakespeare What? Who... <laughs> so... In a fight? No so I wish No um, it, um, I don't know if I wish that Taylor would win <laughs> Taylor would win Yeah Will would have brittle bones From th- We're not re- resurrecting William Shakespeare For I... the fight are we? No 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 I'm imagining it's Will From the time I have a feeling They all had dysentery And brittle bones But like Will at his peak though Of physical fitness Will at I think like Will at <laughs> My close friend Will At his peak of physical fitness Would still have been like Pretty shoddy Okay. Just because everyone was so sick back then Right? Well what if it was Will as performed in the Must production of Shakespeare in Love versus Taylor Swift Now he seems too nice, he wouldn't hit Taylor Swift But what if she wanted to prove her strength Hmm Yeah I'm seeing this <laughs> unfold in your head and I think we should move on yes. So the <laughs> article was, this. There was There was an article that was like I, Which of course I did not read because I, <laughs> Right, of, tell us but, about the <laughs> article you didn't read Jake. <laughs> <yet. laughs> Stuff. First of all, because I have no interest in that in terms of what I thought it was going to lay forth. Uh-huh. And secondly, I didn't want, and I don't like having to factor in this type of vigilance and paranoia, uh-huh. but I didn't want to inadvertently tell the internet I wanted more of this yep. content. Yes. <laughs> oh God. The second you click on it, it's like, you want to know about more fake uh, comparisons? Yeah, yeah. No. That's and annoying. I, no. And it comes back to that Conor morale thing of like, I don't want to confuse God and he was like, give me things I don't want. Mm. Yep. Yeah, no. Yeah. So... I- I- what? No, it's just a modern day struggle. AI, oh, sure. AI is on the rise. <laughs> yeah, no. So anyway, that. But what it did make me think about, which I found like vaguely interesting for like a second. Okay. And it, it was just I liked the idea of like us being able to like reopen the book in terms of like as much as William Shakespeare and you know, <laughs> of course Amelia Bassano are put on this pedestal. Amelia Bassano is a woman who some experts believe was William Shakespeare. The real William Shakespeare, yeah. Amelia Bassano. Yep. Um. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of being able to like call into question <laughs> like the untouchable like merit and perfection of William Shakespeare's work to the point that we can be like directly comparing it to <laughs> you know <laughs> Leonard Cohen. To t- to Taylor Swift or anybody else. Mm. The idea that you can like lay them beside each other and be like, hmm <laughs> oh, what, what's um what's her name? Uh sh- p- p- pay paycheck pay uh p-, 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 p Patricia no, Victoria no, pay Paycheck, 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 uh, Pa Paytas, Patricia, Patricia Pace Tricia Patas! <laughs> Jeez, were you speaking to a ghost From the other side Yeah I was I'm getting a P I'm, I'm getting, getting a, a P, P. Anyone um, over um, here let's compare, <laughs> let's compare them To Trisha Paytas Who Shakespeare Shakespeare to Trisha Paytas Yeah well, I guess it depends What like what you're comparing You can compare anyone To anything Tit size T- <laughs> Anyway <so that's... laughs> Trish would win at a bait. That's just the thing that I thought that was like interesting. Especially yeah, in the way, of, like once you can like you can kinda of just like arbitrarily stamp whatever you want as being something that's like indisputably fantastic. Oh sure, lots of people have. I mean you that know? is what people have done to Shakespeare. For sure. And then the moment you put something behind museum glass like that and you put it onto the right pedestal, I don't know. It just became interesting to like take that glass away and take it off the pedestal and be like, you know what? She did write midnights though. She did write midnights. Have you got a Taylor Swift ticket Jake? Uh oh golly, no. No. Oh yeah, that was probably why that algorithm thought I was interested in Taylor Swift as well. I mean there's She's tail- in the side guys. Fifty fever. It's on the rise. It oh, is Tom. on the rise. Yes. Any of your pals get tickets to her? Airways uh, Flynn, tour. my partner of two years. Oh, Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. i had a boyfriend for two years. You kept that in the dark for two years. No, I Um Quack, quack. quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, He... His sister managed to score some tickets for them in a reserve. They're quite happy about it. Great. The two of them are going. Uh, two of them and I think like a bunch of uh, uh, her friends as well. You're not I mean, going? Her boyfriend. I don't care about Taylor Swift. Sure. I don't hate her. I just don't. Her music doesn't vibe with me. So okay. I don't really care. Um, but no. Uh, I want to see Taylor Swift dive into the stage like she does. You know how she does that little stage dive? Oh, she, she does level? into that hole and yeah. it looks like she's under the water. She's yeah. going down to get the submarine. the titanic submarine the what's it called the titan that would be an incredible thing to do at one of her concerts to she she dives <laughs> down into the hole And then no. when she emerges She's with all the people that were on that Titanic summary <laughs> Like the whole, publicity The whole thing was a publicity stunt for the errors to oh her, my And she's God. like you guys that didn't happen That's a real or, now you see me moment <laughs> Now you see me the Jesse Eisenberg magician movie Yeah <laughs> Got some great magic in it Got some <laughs> great magic That could be something yes Or she comes up with like the wreckage And she does like a little expression like uh oh Why would she be going uh oh Like she did it do you, she brings up She brings the, up the, the wreckage, wreckage Of the submarine of the submarine The submersible the, the, Thank you The submersible <laughs> She brings up the wreckage Of the submersible And, and goes Ooh. uh oh As if she song? did it I don't thank you. look what hair. you made me do. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> there we go. Oh my god. Oh, like she's just got like a terrible group of people in her ear, dressed in like squid costumes. Yes. And, and the whole it's like okay, we're gonna do look what you made me do, but forget all that Kanye stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> not about let's that. Just, let's reframe it as if you caused the Titanic submersible disaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want us all to act. They're running out of submersible, and you're chasing them down with an axe and killing them. There we go. What? Like as part of the set, they all run out of the submersible and they try and run away from her. but she kills them with an axe I'm sorry in your version the submersible goes down to see the Mm -hmm. titanic they successfully see the titanic they come back to the surface no I think it's more of like a like a like it's in your brain come on you gotta go with me on a journey like her chasing them down with like an axe made of water come on think about it wait she's metaphorically the ocean pressure she's the ocean that caused the submersible to buckle and murder them all yes I love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, sort of. I done this week. I yeah. <laughs> let's move on from that. I uh, I went to dinner with my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yep. Yeah. It was quite nice. Okay. Uh, Flynn and I went around. She and her partner hosted us at their lovely house. Wait, and... I'm lost in the pronouns. Who's the she? The cousin. My cousin. You went with Flonk to the dinner with the cousin. Glonk and I went to the cousin. cousin. Dinner. Yes. She and her partner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They hosted us for dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was a lovely time. It was one of those events of like, the first sort of times when you were like, Oh, this is like what young adults do. Right. Like two couples coming together to sit down and have dinner, a beautifully homemade dinner, and like a bottle of wine, yeah. and talk about like- is it- Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? That's what life's meant to be. I'm not afraid of Virginia Wolf. You aren't? No. You didn't hear Who what she is? did? What did she do? She helped Taylor Swift kill all those people under the sea. <laughs> and then out comes Virginia Wolf. <laughs> Dressed as like a wrestler with a big belt, saying like, I did it! That's great. Yeah. One of the submersible people has Taylor Swift against, like, on the floor. <laughs> under their shoe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then she, it all comes You out think like, that Taylor's about to die. Is Virginia the one that walked into the ocean? That she did. Yeah, there you go. She walks out of the ocean, Oh my god, Bit. it ties together so well. Yeah, and throws the rocks in her pockets at him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Wait, yeah. so she went into the lake and then walked to the Titanic wreckage? Yeah. Oh my god. In this story that we're telling, yeah, yeah, yeah. My word. Virginia and Taylor together at last. So what would you rate your last week out of out of five stars? You first, Jake. Um, I think it's easy. I'm going to give it ten stars. One oh. for one for each of my fingers. Jake's got fingers. He does. He does have fingers. What about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Mm. Not because it's a bad number, but because that's how many people we had at that dinner, which was really lovely. Okay, great. Yeah, so four out of three. Sure. <laughs> Do you want to talk at me about some theatre? Because once again, guys... Jake's a very busy boy. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to listen to him and just, like, reply. So if you liked Last Time We Did This, you're going to love this week. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, Jeff. Jesus. There's going to be a lot of that. Of you just yelling the name of this play at me. Shh. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's called shh. <laughs> sorry, it sounds like you said shh. <laughs> it's because I'm insecure about making these types of sounds. <laughs> We've talked about, about it before. <laughs> and also I have a real sensitivity around saying that sound to people because it feels rude. Shh. I think one of the most hurtful things you can do to a person is to tell them to be quiet. Oh, God, yeah. It's the same energy as like, cool story. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know. <laughs> and especially shh, it's so librarian. And you hate librarians? Not all of them. Not all librarians. Just some librarians. <laughs> they know which ones. One that you've met personally, that have wronged you. No, it's a type of librarian.
1: Carry on, Jay. Uh,
0: Tell <laughs> us about... Shh. Thank you. you. You have to keep saying it. I can say it's it. It's written by Claire Barron. Gorgeous. <laughs> and the title has four H's in it. I'd want to know that if I were hearing this conversation. And so that's why I'm letting them know. Would you say it's <laughs> shh or shh? As discussed, I'd say neither. But you have to. Cause, okay. But here we go. Okay. So, <laughs> um, what, what, why are you looking at me like that? I just that? love it whenever you giggle like that. It's very cute. Ugh, gross. Um, So I'd say, I guess, I think what I'll say first is like the play itself uh, felt like, and this only sort of hit me maybe like three quarters of the way through once I could sort of like got the vibe of how the show was functioning and what it was and how it was hitting me and what felt like the little arcs that were happening inside of it. And by the end, I certainly felt as if the play felt like almost like an adaptation of a series of essays surrounding the idea of, like, one's uh, feelings about sex. Oh. Certainly a very, like, uh, like a woman's perspective on sex. Right, um, okay. Yeah, it felt like an adaptation of a book of essays, which was something that I hadn't experienced, like, in recent memory at the theatre. Sure, what, what made it feel that way? Well, I guess because everything, it, it felt like, it was like... A, somewhat episodic in the way that all the scenes took place in a row and not like not a lot of them connected in very substantial ways mm. and yeah and even like the journeys the characters went on like when especially once the play's done and then you look back on them like there's a lot of reflection but there's not a lot of like bombastic change or shift that takes place I suppose like it felt very much even like some of the, the conversations that happen like there's a like a, a conversation that occurred between Jess Liu and Haley Edwards' characters that very much like sits by itself in the way that in the way that the show functions Mm. it's just like this standalone moment and there were a lot of standalone moments and standalone conversations and ideas Mm. that didn't in any kind of like traditional narrative way kind of like ripple into each other and it wasn't one of those shows where like in the traditional idea of things of like the scenes all weren't pointing in the same direction towards the same end yeah on the same trajectory more of musings musings for sure yeah yeah, yeah, which is like just an interesting to like to point out as as we continue to talk about it. That's just like imagine that being the way that things flow. Okay. And I think too, like that idea as well was kind of like bolstered by the like the costume de- that so the set design. Um, Romany Harper did the costume and set design, but yeah, the set design itself too, um, which is a thing that I this aspect of the design I only noticed maybe like a half of the way through, and it did help me come to this idea of like it feeling like an essay thing, um, and also helped me kind of like grasp onto what I by the end felt that the, the tone and internal structure of it was in the way that like, even like this beautiful kind of like soft, almost kind of like fairy flossy flooring that mm. the, the the performance space at Red Stitch had. Like a shag carpet? Kind of shaggy, but even like a little bit more like, almost kind of cloudy a little oh, bit. Oh, gorgeous. You know, oh, like that, y- that type of thing. And the way that like the lights were hitting it and the way that it looks like it felt, almost felt like the top of a brain. Oh. Is the idea. And that even like the, and even the colour scheme of it, um, being quite pinkish, and even like this sort of like foresty, landscapey James Bidgood kind of backdrop, in it's like largely was lit pink for the bulk of it, and then a lot of like the the clutter around the outskirts of the set as well was all kind of like a pinky colour scheme too, so it, it felt oh. like I was just like on a segment of a person's brain for the entire show. Could also be pink for like, you know, vagina reasons. Yes! Which is, <laughs> I'm just, that's... that's no, that's it's good. It's feminine. good you're here to bring that up, eh? because Someone's my ready? mind seldom goes to Vagina. Vagina. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you say Haley Edwards is in this? Yeah. Oh, I love that girl. Why do you have such warm feelings about Haley Edwards? What was your recent Haley? Edwards uh, experience? I saw Haley Edwards in... Oh, was it Lemon Tree on Dreg Street? Yes, it yes. was. And also in uh, Um, uh, punk show, Revolution. Dance Dance Revolution. Dance Dance Butterflies yeah. pop, pop Punk pop, Paradise. Yeah, that one. Oh, that, that one. <laughs> yeah, and they were terrific in both of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah, no. She's always such like a... Like a Beacon of like radiant competence, and mm. yeah, no, I just think she's so marvelous. Um, but yeah, like so, an instance of like some of the stuff that happens. So we've got like Jessica Clark playing Shireen, and uh, she's unwell. <laughs> and then she has a sister played by Carolyn Lee, oh. and then yeah, so who plays a, like a like a postman? <laughs> a postman. And- a postman, yes. Oh. No. So these are just like little like grabs of like snatches of moments that are kind of like every scene that we kind of see has these like flex and scrapbooky moments of like the things that fasten it to a reality that definitely exists out there somewhere. Um, but then there's even like, what's wrong? Just the way you phrase that is so poetic, Joe Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, not on purpose. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's I just didn't my that. brain don't work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and then so but yeah, everything kind of like grab like it sort of swarms around Notions of contemporary sexuality and the way that we attempt to connect to each other, and doesn't shy away from, which are part of, part of like the the moments that I found most like gripping and engaging. I suppose were the parts that went in directions towards the the, the darker elements of those types of conversations. Quack 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 indeed, mm. and and also <laughs> um, Hong Kong. Oh, it, oh God, James, content warning goose. <laughs> Your unwillingness to let this goose Hong die. Kong? Hong Kong content warning be in a goose. Yep. <laughs> the goose never says anything specific about its warning. It just no, hon- but it they let you know something's coming. It just ominously honks from yeah. oh, yeah. the rafters. <laughs> um, so honk, honk, darker elements, quite quiet. Sure, yeah. There was a, a memorable moment between Sananda, Satchatruckle Truckle and Carolyn Lee, mm. where they are exploring a component of like. Sexual gratification together like With like a sex toy mm, And cool. I just Yeah I Even that as a standalone moment I enjoy a lot Because It's just exciting Because it's like And this isn't me wishing That there were more sex shows Available for viewing Even though but, you do wish that no, I think if people want to see them they you get to see them It sounds like a fun A, a world, niche A world of theatre That could be like If people want to make it I'd want to see it Because I'm Live curious Live action porn <laughs> It's not what I'm advocating no for either. at the moment, but it was cool to see two people like in their bodies exploring this idea together and physically kind of experiencing whatever version of it it is that they're going through on stage at the time. Oh yeah. But it's like first off, what w- like wonderful that they are like, you know, open and experimental and I don't know that minded enough to kind of be comfortable exploring that sort of thing in Claire's work. Of course, especially mm-hmm. with it being such like a like a like a corporeally rooted experience that they are showcasing for us. You know, like they can only do it with their bodies in order to yeah. show. Ask their bodies doing that. Oh my god, that's such which, a which generous thing to do on stage. Of course, and like part of what like makes theatre so marvelous and uniquely itself. Mm. I guess you know um, I'm just going to quickly point out the fact that I just thought sh- like Jessica Clark's performance as Shireen it was just like so like warm oh. and like goofy I just, and, and Shireen's a great name Shireen's a great name <laughs> I like how like faux fancy Australian it sounds Shireen Shireen yeah. <laughs> yes and even like, to help you James because I don't know if you've seen her before but in order for you to picture, <laughs> to picture Jessica Clark more accurately if you take like the sister from Shits Creek a show that I don't like talking about uh, I've never <laughs> seen it but I know the sister the sister you take her and and you mix her together with like a young Olivia Newton John. Okay, in that cauldron, picturesque. Yes, I'm mixing. I'm yes, mixing. Yes, good. Mixing. Bubble, bubble. Out climbs this yes. slimy, and comes, horrible figure. Yeah. <laughs> and here comes Jessica Clark. And here comes <laughs> Jessica <Clark. laughs> to Wow. Be, yeah. So, okay, delightful sure. On stage, beautiful display. people to describe someone as. Sure, I think so. Yeah. yeah good no. on you, Jessica Clarke. Um, and there was a moment in the script where, like, a sentence that sort of like struck me at the moment that it was said was the idea of like realizing that potentially you just become a machine for other people's desires. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I've definitely felt like that. When have you felt like that? I haven't. I was just... You haven't so felt like that. Have you ever felt like that? <laughs> of course. Really? <laughs> of oh, of course. course you have. Yes, that actually makes sense. <laughs> oh, you just... <laughs> well, you needed a couple of seconds to remember who you were talking to. Well, yeah, then I put it all together. I'm like, yeah, that is a Jake thing. Yeah. Um... Any. Experiences you'd like to share On the podcast <laughs> Um no Like of course There's like ones that exist Like in and outside of the bedroom If we're going to make it This place specific For sure yeah. But yeah no just because I'd be more comfortable Talking about the ones That aren't naked ones But yes Too bad <laughs> But yeah no Certainly like a lot of it Ties to like people pleasing tendencies sure. Of course And uh, I think partially Like a catholically Indoctrinated Like component of Who I've been raised to be is kind of a person that believes everyone else's needs matter more than mine do. Oh, God, yeah. And I'd say separate to Catholicism. I certainly have, I don't know, taught myself in whatever way I've been taught. By myself, that my feelings and needs aren't important, and I should be ashamed of having them. So. Well, you should. That's actually that's actually worked out for the best because you're garbage and no one likes. Something. Of course, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Every moment should be an apology. Oh, that's horrible, Jay. <laughs> yeah, no. So it was just like it was. It was you know, time you sort of like had those like sad feelings, But you hear someone else say them? And it's like, oh, I feel like slightly less lonely, and this experience, totally. yeah, just especially just this experience, Which is such you. a lonely one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awful. Mm. Um, do you but think I'll, you're yeah. getting better at keeping on top of those sort of feelings? This is therapy now. We're doing therapy. <laughs> um, uh, I'm more aware of the intricacies of those mm. elements of my nature, mm. uh, which I have told myself is the beginning of solving it. That definitely is. Yeah, sure. The first stage is acceptance and recognition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm very also like grateful to have like a couple of people in my life that I'm quite close to that also suffer with a similar thing. Sure. a kind of, kind of in an almost non-explicit way, trying to help each other get out of this. clamber out of this hole yeah Mm. the style of life because it's not one that I don't know is a very happy one happy (laughs) one I'm happy sometimes Uh, but yeah no but it doesn't put you in good stead to maybe like have a life that you'll look back on and be like I did everything I could to be happy for me and others yeah I don't know. So put you first, Jake. Put me first. You gotta put you first. Oh, what a revolting idea. Him. you <laughs> gross. <laughs> you beautiful bastard. <laughs> anyway. Um, um well it sounds like this show has provoked some thought within you, and that's what theatre should do. If you yep. well <laughs> go on. If someone came up to you yep, and they were me. like, look, I've written this play. Mm-hmm. It's a series of scenes, mm-hmm. kind of like gravitating around my experience with sex and whatnot. Oh yep. And James, I need you to be in this play. Yep. And I hand you the script. Yep. And the front of it, it says like, sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I'd be put up by the <laughs> title. That's what your scene is called. And then just, be, just before you open the front cover of this scene you're in, what do you hope it's about? Ooh. Okay. It's like, okay. It's Ooh. you and one other character. Yep. Opening it up. I'm reading. The scene is called sex. Yes. Well, I'm a simple man. I would hope it's a sex scene. You want it to be a sex scene. I think I would like to do a simulated sex scene. Yeah. 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 And it's at Red Stitch. It's at Red Stitch. People can yeah. come and see it. Yeah. I think if it was done well. Uh, I think that's something I would like to 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 give a shot because you would enjoy the challenges. Of... I think from purely, first of all, from like an actor point of view, yeah, I think I would enjoy the challenge. Mm-hmm. I also think, yeah, I agree with you. I think like that sort of intimacy on stage is always interesting whenever it's tackled and can bring out very different parts of. A person, Like a physical intimacy. A physical intimacy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like sex or any sort of sexual pleasure in particular, I think, is always a bit, like, you know, naughty on stage. But it's also something that is not often done. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd like to be a part of that. Okay, fine. Yeah, do you think you could do a sex scene on stage? I've done a sex scene on stage. Uh Remember when I was playing that, like, (laughs) when I was playing that (laughs) dead poet ghost? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, Yes. and, yep, we were Where was that? When? Where? Where? That was at the uh, Brunswick Mechanics Institute. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when we were like, like blocking it, was, <laughs> I got this note while we were sort of rehearsing it. It was like, Jake, you're being too forceful. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the way of like, it was <laughs> very, yeah. It was like a- Battering the poor boy's windpipe. Yeah, <laughs> It was, it was like, we were like in bed and it was like I I don't know the names of like positions, but it was like, we were like two men. Me being a ghost is irrelevant to imagining this scene. So why bring it up? But it was like me, you just asked me what my no, on stage no, sex you, was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I stand correct. I am a ghost, but it is intended to be a twist at the end. So imagine I'm not a ghost because if you were in you the audience- You see how you could have just said that you're just a person. I'm now coming around to your point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ghost, but ignore it. <laughs> but ignore it. <laughs> Wait a minute. And so you're a ghost, but you're there. Fuck it. Uh, yes, and we are like yeah, in bed in a spooning shape, facing the audience. I'm at the back doing oh, yeah. the thrusting part, okay. and it's just you're m- topping, and it's I'm <laughs> like chocolate topping. Okay, you really <laughs> on a gelato talking about sex. Thank you. So you're topping this little twig. Like, this hot little twin. <laughs> this lovely man named Sebastian. He's very talented, and I like oh, talking to him. Great. Um. But yeah, no. And I was like, uh, Stephen, the director, was like, Jake, great. <laughs> but it's just a bit, <laughs> yeah, energetic and forceful. <laughs> you gotta be less into it. Wow, well, that's a good note to get. It was too, like, bumpy and thrusty. Sure. Because at this point, especially, I was, like, super, like, I knew so little about sex and how to How do old it. were you at the time? I would have been, like, 21. Okay, sure, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. hyper-clueless. Oh. But look at me now. <laughs> how I blossomed into... Just clueless. <laughs> just clueless. Yes. Um, that's a really funny note to receive. And also, better than the alternative, you seem really bad at this. Okay, sure. Sure. Protect your intimacy. Protect, <laughs> you know? protect your intimacy. That's some... <laughs> I don't know if I can say this on this podcast. Go ahead. Protect your intimacy. What are you about to tell me? As a close friend of ours. Yes. Uh, her mother. Yep. Uh, says that to her. To protect her intimacy. Yeah, like don't post your vagina on Instagram. Protect your intimacy is how she would say that instead. Oh, and intimacy refers to things outside of just her vagina. It's like... Yeah, like vengeance. like don't be a floozy. Don't, don't, you know, look after yourself. You know, make sure you're getting with a man because you want to be with the man. Oh, sure. Protect your intimacy. Okay. I think it's quite nice. Sure. Mm. Yeah, no that mm. works for them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So. Okay. Uh, shh. girl, <laughs> See? So rude. So rude. <laughs> okay, hello James. Hello, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I went to the theatre works, like the explosives factory one. Don't <laughs> make a joke about it blowing oh. up. <laughs> I forgot it was just the name of the factory. <laughs> That's good. Yes, yeah, so I was there to see Social Dance, a play by Laura McKenzie. God, I hope they're all safe. From the explosions <laughs> Really solid comedy Hang out. We'll threes. So I go inside I go upstairs I'm talking to the Lovely person working At the box office Whom I always enjoy Talking to Gorgeous. Um, I'm distracted By this conversation To the point that I don't look even Slightly to the left Because if I did Which I eventually did do I saw a big circular table Oh You're all sitting Around the table Yeah Oh my god You're all sitting Around the table So it's a big circular table Circular in the sense of Like it's just like If you take a line Of tables Okay <laughs> Put a bunch of tables in a row. Yeah, I'm You're with following you so me. Yeah, I'm with you so far. And now you Can me. I guess? Do you then bend the line so they're in a circle? Is that what you do? <laughs> so it's circles arra- it's tables arranged in a circle. Yes. Okay. I think we're with you. I think we've got <laughs> I thought it was important that you know that it wasn't one big circle of wood. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Yes. <laughs> that is actually worthwhile knowing. Thank yes, you. Yes, but I don't think you needed to <laughs> describe. So first... Yes what you do it? <laughs> so it's about like school desk tables what are we talking or There's are we a talking table like? cloth. I don't know what was underneath. Sure like trestle <laughs> table style things. Definitely <laughs> tables. At the right height for having dinner at. Oh. Yes. Oh! That intrigued him again. Okay, did <laughs> you <laughs> no, you had me at food? Yeah, so we were like told to go inside and don't sit down until you're invited to sit down. Just stand around. Just stand around. And okay. I was there alone, and of course, afraid of anyone, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, not talk, I guess I was afraid of someone talking to me, Ugh. just because I knew I'd blow it. <laughs> so yeah. But fortunately, I had my Selma Blair memoir, so I was reading that in the corner. Oh my god, you and your little books, you big nerds Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Selma. Reading that, waiting for the show to begin. Based on, like, the PowerPoint presentation being projected onto one of the walls. Oh. Uh, we're about to be kind of, like, taught how to be fancy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I don't need. Like a finishing school. <laughs> like a finishing school, but at a dinner. We're about to find out what it's about to happen. Sure, yeah, but at this us. point, all I can see is a circle of tables that is not one big singular table, and it's a PowerPoint that's going to be happening on one of the walls. Okay. Okay? okay. Then the, the beginning time of the play rolls around, and then, then we're invited to go and sit down. We're told that we should just sit on whatever chair we want. But don't sit on any of the ones that have name tags on them. Okay, some rules already. Yeah, love rules. rules. Love rules. Oh my god, yep. clear instruction. Yeah, heroin. Tell me what to do. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. So I have to like not look desperate to sit in the right spot despite that spot not existing. <laughs> so what be- was your like? What was your like, initiative to, to? Were you like sit because it's a circle? Here's the fantasy. <laughs> I sit down before the majority of the like the audience have sat, uh-huh. so that I don't need to do the thing where you sit beside someone like immediately next to them because it's like when people are like, don't leave any gaps. And then if you're especially by yourself, you have to be like, you have to make eye contact with this person that Is you're about. Okay, to... if I sit here, <laughs> and you have to burden them with your occasional elbow bump. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> you your know... elbows are the size of an ogre. Thank you. I do have ogreous elbows. elbows. Sat down, I, like accidentally, because I was focusing too hard on not <laughs> presumptuously sitting next to a person unless I had to. So much of this description of the show has just been you describing your social insecurities already. Like so much of. Well, this. it's called social dance. Oh, and indeed, is that not what one embarks upon when one leaves the house? A social dance. Don't worry, that's not the point okay. of the show. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah. So I sat down, but then because I was too focused on that, I didn't realize I had sat next to one of the name tag chairs. <gasps> Idiot. What was the name tag? What does it say? Jake's an idiot. I, I'll explain oh, in a yeah. moment. Oh my yeah, god! So I am sitting down and then the show begins and then <laughs> Anna Burgess comes out <laughs> playing oh. Susie Spitzel. Do you know that name? The name rings a bell. Anna Burgess. She's. Yeah. Begins and has this very like recognizable, and I just love, especially I just love seeing it on stage, and I can't pin down why, I don't think, but has that very recognizable, like, fancy Brighton woman voice. Oh, lovely. And playing this woman whom, with her husband, with the assistance of their two children, are going to, like, lead us through this presentation where we're going to learn how to be fancier people. Great. So the idea is that we've all come to their, like, big, beautiful home to, like, share dinner together, and throughout the dinner, they're going to give us this presentation on different ways that we can all be more fancy, have better etiquette, be better at finance, mm. and just go back into our lives and be fancier people. We all need a bit of that. Not all of us. Yes. That was do. my fanciest voice. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Don't I sound monocled? <laughs> yeah, you sound so fancy you're wearing two monocles. Monocle Lewinsky. Um, yeah, <laughs> Mon- so what Lewinsky. <laughs> it's pretty good. Hey. Yeah. yeah, so they've started, and so the seat that I'm next to, so the name tag on it says Graham Spittle. Who am I, Why are you laughing Just the spittles A funny name Sure <laughs> Which ends up being Like the husband Of the predicament Played by Sam Zawadi Sure And of course Initially Terrified of this prospect uh-huh. Sitting next to a performer We're all in a circle Anytime people look at him They're also going to Accidentally sort of Be looking at me Those poor people That's a goddamn nightmare Yeah I know For them yeah, That's scary <laughs> And also for me Mostly for you <laughs> Yes No But then as it continues <clears throat> And this is likely a thing That I'm going to come back to Getting to, getting to be next to Sam Zawadi's Like during his performance Heaven, heaven! It was truly the best place I could have been for this show. You got I got everything. I had a good unobstructed view of the PowerPoint, and got to see everything because it was like well stationed that way that we could all see things. It was kind of like in the round essentially in that we were in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, getting to be next to Sam was remarkable because I just like, I, I just loved watching his face. I liked his body. I liked the way that now and then he'd like <laughs> turn towards me and go. Ugh. <laughs> you would have loved that. It was so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, yeah, so the presentation takes place. All of them, so it was like the two parents and then the adopted son and their daughter. Mm-hmm. And also present is Heather Valentine playing Patrice Dubois. Magnificent. I already love her because I'm a gay man. <laughs> and anyone with Dubois on the end I'm must... in. I'm in. <laughs> Yep, she Southern under, accent? Uh, no, she's oh. French. <laughs> she's oh, okay. French. But I mean, that is that makes boss It doesn't mean she doesn't know Blanche or Stella. It's possible. True. You know? True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she may have been at Belle Reve at some point. Yep. You <laughs> do this not know that Golden place? Girls? What? Golden Girls? No, what is this? What you, this is a streetcar named Desire. No. Oh! I thought you were talking about um, one of the ladies from Golden Girls. Is, one of her, is this her name Dubois? I think there's definitely like one with a Frenchy sounding name there. <laughs> Can I say Frenchie? Is Frenchie okay? It's a character in Greece. It's also a character in The Boys. And in Greece too. We have different frames of reference. We certainly have do. Have you seen The Pink Ladies? Uh, no. Okay. No. I will get around to it. Yeah, the songs that I have heard, I've quite enjoyed. Oh, that's good. I like mm. Jackie Hoffman. And I like the idea of us going back to Rydell High School. I like together. Jackie Hoffman as well. Ugh. Oh, sorry. You meant the, uh, 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 I don't know. Just the trailer really put me off. It was just it was just a little bit too like clean sociopolitically minded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. No. And Heather Valentine's performance was a, one of just a very like it was almost like a younger. Did you see Greta? That like. Awful, awful movie <laughs> with Chloe Grace Moretz in it. Maybe, probably not. Okay, but <laughs> me. Heather was playing like a a more graceful, less sinister, younger version of the the, the, the woman. <laughs> <laughs> so a <laughs> different character <laughs> is what you're describing. It could, she could grow up and become Greta in the film Greta. What's what happened in the movie Greta? <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz finds a handbag on a train. <laughs> uh, and then... Becomes this person? No. She takes the handbag and goes and finds the owner of the bag to bring it back to them because she, like, someone's left it on the train. Mm. It ends up being this like, f- like lovely old French woman. And then, and then Chloe Grace Moretz is like, Oh, this old woman's so lonely. I should help her. Continues helping her. And then one day while she's cleaning up around the house, she opens this cupboard in this woman's house and sees that she has like 20 handbags in there. And it's like, bitch, you just leave your handbag on trains and then hope that someone picks them up and then brings them back to you. But then what do you do with the people that come and bring oh, these bags back? Oh, good hook. And the end good of hook. that tense horror thriller <laughs> gives you the answer to that question. Can the you tell me that, and cut it out? Can you tell me and cut it out of the public How apartment? it ends? Yeah. Nope. Oh, Jake! But also, don't see it. <laughs> oh, <okay>. laughably bad. <laughs> there's a part where, where this old French lady, who was played by a legitimate, like, good French actor lady, great. Um, she like <laughs> she does a ballet dance across the kitchen floor and like bonks Chloe Grace Moretz on the head. <laughs> obsessed, obsessed. It's atrocious. Anyway. Um yeah, but like an ongoing tension that exists in the show is that We're now talking about the play. We're going back to social dance. Yep. <laughs> yeah. so Heather Valentine is playing Patrice Dubois and there's this like this simmering, bubbling, ever-increasing tension between her and Anna Burgess's wife character, mm. Susie. That the two of them have this kind of like will they won't they lesbian oh. connectedness between the two of them, nice. and that's part of why I was so grateful to get to be next to Sam the whole time because watching him kind of like be a bit disparaging towards Patrice was just remarkable. Sure. <laughs> So many times it was just like, oh, she doesn't know. Oh, Trace is an idiot. You would love <laughs> oh, classic a French. Classic French. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know a less racist sounding version of that type of remark. No, I'm part French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, I'm part French. Um, you're part I'm French. Part French. In what sense? My dad traced our lineage back, and we're from France. You're all from France. Not all of us. We're part, you know, general European trash is what we are. But a lot of us are from France. Oh, okay. There you go. So I can say that. Um, I'd say the moment that this play got to like a level of goofy that I really loved and I'd say like the the, the element of the plot that I was most into mm. um, because there's other stuff going on like the daughter seems a bit like radicalised and like being on the brink of kind of like being in a real mood for a revolution like that type of like handing out like like socialism pamphlets I feel your sister Yeah so there's yeah. that going on There's also like the son <laughs> The son played by Andrew Huang Is going through like a breakup at the time And the two of them are kind of constantly bickering In like a sibling-y way mm. But I'd say that the element of the plot That really got me like Ha ha <laughs> <laughs> But like so The husband and wife go to check on the chickens That we spend the entire show waiting for them To bring out to feed to us Like the roasted chickens Oh okay right And they go off into a separate room Into like what is like the kitchen In the world of the play yep. And then the daughter goes in So played by Pascal Constant and goes in and sort of like is live like live streaming from her phone, showing us what they're talking about in the kitchen. <laughs> and so just before this has happened, <laughs> um, Anna has gone around as Susie and has counted how many guests there are. She gets kind of a freaked out look on her face And then goes into the kitchen And so the night that I'm there There are 33 people seated at this big round table Wow, that's a big round table Yeah, like, 33 people It's a big table Oh yeah. my god Sorry, maybe I wasn't like clear enough on how big this table was No, is. I-, I was expecting to be like 10 people gathered around the table 33 that's people fit around this table huge space Yeah, it was like the full It was beautiful the way that it filled up the explosives factory space Oh my god, yeah Okay, that's super Sorry, you should have you have I sh- said that. I told this story, Paulie. Yeah. So she counts us all. There's 33 of us. She she kind of goes oh, and then goes off into the kitchen to check on the chickens with her husband. <laughs> Sam leaves my side, devastatingly. Yes. <laughs> um. Then they go into the kitchen and then the daughter is live streaming the conversation. And what we overhear is the fact that there's there's a family curse. <laughs> <We're> in- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. Oh Even yeah. Like start a sentence like family that curse. and I'm on board. <laughs> so and she's like. If 33 people sit at a table, (laughs) the (laughs) the first person to leave dies. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) And, like, not immediately from, like, a heart attack or something, just, like, in the very near future, one of them dies. And so then this game gets introduced where it's, like, one person has to be standing up the entire time or or a curse will happen. Oh, that's that's pretty magnificent. It's magnificent because it's goofy, it's kind of nonsense, but it's a bit witchy. It's a bit witchy (laughs) and it's also, like... It's the sort of witch That would make me go Oh my god that's not real But you leave the table first <laughs> Completely Oh my god Because yeah. there is a moment Don't risk it Yes No because if the show had ended Where it's like we're all seated And it's like Okay the show's over But who's gonna go first I'm not leaving first No D- Is that how the show ended I guess you can't say I can't say Damn it Yeah Oh my god that's I love that I love the family curse yes. <laughs> Oh yes, that family curse. Yes, of course. Oh no. No, it's right. <laughs> yeah, That's so no. funny. And even watching someone have to like, as, as does happen, has to like defend their belief in the curse, oh, <laughs> and quite. it's like this is ridiculous. So it's like okay then. Like, You're disrespecting me. Why do you not believe this curse? How to be a fancy member of society. Yeah. Into oh, we have a family curse <laughs> where someone dies. <laughs>
1: Yeah too And there's
0: of course Also like the revelation moment Where it's like The wife doesn't think That we all know About this curse that's happening And then it comes out That we had known The entire time And then it's her Kind of dealing with that Like minor humiliation And being like Oh so everyone knows I'm crazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God, magnificent! I'm I'm sorry, I'm still reeling from 33 people gathered around this. It Sounds like just a beautiful space. I'm really so stunning. Oh yeah. my God, and it also had the benefit of that. Like, anytime you see something in the round or in traverse, you get to see so many other people going through the story with you as well. Yeah, and yeah. especially gathered at a table. That's a very unique experience. Oh my God, yeah. so nice, and was, especially to like be there for dinner. Were they acting at all? Because I'm assuming there was space in the middle in the circle. Were they ever in the middle? Or Nothing in the all middle. All around. Wow. You Couldn't get in the middle. It was a complete circle. Yeah, complete circle of tables. So what yes. do you have? A line a line of tables yes and then you wrap them up like a circle Mm -hmm. and then you can't get in (laughs) yeah no and I was it? yeah so I was just yeah very grateful too to like get to spend so much time almost in a like a very welcome expected way Mm. just like looking at other people's reactions to things luckily I was at least there on a night where there there were enough sort of like intriguing mysterious characters around the table where I just got to enjoy looking at people and having like a good excuse to look at them did they bring the chickens out? Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, come on! I'm not going to spoil it! Oh, what the fuck is the point of you? Um, (laughs) People cannot be going to theatre for the chicken. Isn't that famously what Chookers is? What Chookers is? Isn't Chookers literally like, we're going to make enough money tonight that we can get chicken, so people were literally going to the theatre to work to make chicken. Yeah, that's what it was? I thought it was just like, uh, some theatres would do, like, you could have, like, chicken dinner after the opening night performance. I think, like, the tradition of saying Chookers, like, before you go on stage, stems from... We got enough people in tonight that we're going to make a lot of money. And chicken was quite expensive at the time. So, like, you'd buy yourself a fancy chicken feast. So, he's like, tonight, chookers. Well, I suppose in some ways, social dance is a celebration of the rich history of chookers. There you go. Social dance. (laughs) More like... (laughs) I really enjoyed the, the wildness and unpredictability and sort of like... Serpentine and oddness Of the structure of this show mm. I super duper loved the, the, the That environment To get to witness a story in And mm. to be immersed And immersed that in like a, a way that made me feel like Like it wasn't quite A Fifi's fifth In terms of what I was Expected to do <laughs> But it was like it, Similar in the way of like it, it, I felt very like it, Again coming back To my anxieties I felt, I felt like Safe and taken care of The entire time But also like In it enough to get to have These really wonderful Rich unique experiences mm. Of being amongst these Very like Dynamic energised committed space ruling actors yeah um, yeah it was like a yeah strong cool ensemble in that way gorgeous um, yeah and just get to see people ca- like performing relatively like naturalistic social dynamics around you you know mm. like it was it was almost getting to be at like a, like a goofy family's family dinner without being also expected like, yeah. to contribute good conversation you could just sit there and watch the disaster unfold Oh. you get to be heaven. like one of the entrees, instead of having to be a guest at a dinner party. You're a fly on the wall, Jay. Oh yes, but I would never want to be a fly, they're so gross. <laughs> <laughs> they love eating poo, they do. <laughs> they're little crap chompers. that how we're ending this? <laughs> Flies are little crap chompers. <laughs> and I'd I would rather be bro- charred broccoli. <laughs> that is all. I think that's a good place. Hello, James. Oh my god, Jay. Hi. I'm yeah. I'm Jake. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I've known you for years. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) I went to the comedy theater with Georgie Potter. You've met her. I know her. She was on this podcast recently. She was. Yes, good for her. (laughs) We went to the comedy theater to see Midnight Colon. (laughs) You can't. You can't. Midnight Colon. (laughs) The Cinderella musical. Rim de Fella. <laughs> um, all right, great. Yeah, so I'm yes. so curious to hear about this show because it's not. I for a moment thought it was uh, bad Cinderella, which is the new Andrew Lloyd Webber version they're doing, right? Yes. yes so yes, yes. where does this fit into all the Cinderellas that are going on? Because I saw the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella yes. at Region Theatre yes. like a couple of months ago. Uh huh. Like a year ago. Yes. Um. So so what is this? Okay. First off, I want to be clear. I don't know if there is a colon in the title. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> right. Okay, what is this? So right. this, so it was like music and lyrics are by John Foreman and Anthony Costanzo and the book and the direction were by Pip Mushin. Okay. So I, um, so John Foreman. Do you care about John Foreman? I don't know who John Foreman. I love John Foreman. I know who John Farnham is John Farnham. Irrelevant to this. Irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant has nothing to do with this production. John Foreman, wonderful man. Great. <laughs> I've never met him, but adore him what, for a number of reasons. Done? One of the, he's the guy. He does the musical direction of Carols by Candlelight. Oh, okay, sure, sure, sure. He's the sweet guy that, like, bangs the cymbals at the end. Oh, Do you remember that? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> and also, he had a very short-lived talk show that I think only me and my mother watched. <laughs> but I loved it so much. Aw. <laughs> and, yeah, no, it was just really, really wonderful. Great. Like okay, a... well, that's good to know that he's yeah. involved. So, yeah, so, he's involved. Um, also involved, I'll bring it up as they become relevant. Yeah, great. Okay, so, what was your question? How does it fit into the Cinderella? Like, what sort? Because t- Bad Cinderella is, you know, a naughty Bad Cinderella. Yes, she's bad. Cinderella, that Cinderella that and she doesn't like graffiti. It's a lot of hens. It's I don't hens. care. <laughs> oh, it sounds bad. Um, the Cinderella that I saw was like a very traditional, slightly modern update of Cinderella because it was the stage musical based on the movie musical made by Rodgers and Hammerstein. I believe so. Yes, which ended wait, with the- no, because that was wait the first version of the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella was that the Julie Andrews TV musical. Oh, Jake, you're asking me questions. I don't have answers to. Yeah, sorry. But the version actually. that I saw was like a very traditional version with like some modern updates. Like at the end, he becomes like the, the, the king becomes like a prime minister or something. Like it's a very yes. shit. Um, there are, yes, there are so many Cinderellas. Yes. So, so I'd what, say what, where does, what give this like. So I'd say no, no, no. But, I'm going to set you a task. Okay, go ahead. You have five words. Oh God! To try and capture the tone of this one. That doesn't need to be a the sentence. Tone. The, yeah, the tone. Like, where it sort of fits in in terms of other Cinderella's. Like, How would you identify this one with five? I ones? don't think I would even, like, use tone to describe, like, sure. how it fits in with the other Cinderella's. Yeah, do you need. With so many Cinderella's in our, like, shared vocabulary of theatrical and cinematic experiences, I'd say you could almost look at all of them and kind of, like, pick the parts that are also present in this one or are absent from this one. Okay. So I'd say... What does it have? So it's like, as with the recent production of Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella that you saw, yes. that Cinderella was especially, like, politically motivated. She was, like, an activist person, yes. wasn't she? Yes, Similarly in Aller Enchanted, the Anne Hathaway vehicle, not enough people are talking about constantly. Yes. Um She, too, was in, like, she was, like, politically minded as well. Yes. As was Drew Barrymore in Ever After. Shit, there are a lot of them. Yes. And so I'd say that that it had the quality that definitely both Aller Enchanted And Drew Barrymore in Ever After, they had that moment, as was present in Midnight as well, is that the Cinderella character meets the prince and their first encounter is one of tension and dismissal because they resent how he isn't using his power for good. Okay. wasn't five words, but... That's a central point in terms of, like, the way that in this show their relationship functions and, like, that's the beginning of that entanglement. Sure, okay. Is her being, like, the royal family isn't doing enough because in, in Midnight... This one that we are talking about currently yes. it's, it's like set in like this town Where everyone is poor and struggling And the king played by Shane Jacobson oh. Whose career continues to confuse but excite me Happy for him Because he seems so lovely He does seem really really nice Based on so little but God, every I hope, t- Yeah I hope he don't get revealed No, no. no. I, for Everyone that I speak to that has had a run in with him It's always something like Oh I saw him in a hallway Or my cousin served him an orange juice <laughs> But they're always like He's so nice Oh that's <laughs> so nice That's good Great um, yeah so he's playing the king And he is As we come to learn Through the show He's in tremendous debt From a neighbouring kingdom Because he borrowed A bunch of money off of them And is unable to re- Like repay the debt Okay So that becomes An integral point Towards like the point Where the ball occurs Okay Because yeah so <laughs> I feel like I'm telling The story inside I still inside want to know <laughs> What is the tone of this show The tone is I it guess grimy Is a dirty Not is grimy it, Is it beautiful so it's, If we're going tone Yeah I want tone I walk in. Okay, good. (laughs) Good Walk in. Georgie Potter and I sit down. Tremendous seats. Really like them. Quite central. We can see everything. There's the most uncomfortable bed I've ever seen in my life on the left-hand side of the stage. What makes it uncomfortable? It's very thin. They're doing an odd perspective thing with the design of it. So it's like sort of like the bed frame and bed head and bed toe? (laughs) What's the opposite of a bed head? The bed foot? (laughs) Foot? They're both kind of like the tops of them are tilted Downwards upstage Irrelevant (laughs) The bed itself looks like It was built incorrectly If it had come out Of an Ikea box What's the tone That's what I'm trying to get at (laughs) The the bed Is like A rickety (laughs) Little mess It's a Tim Burton (laughs) bed Okay (laughs) Tim Burton bed on the left Tim Burton like Writing desk On the right And then the back of it Is sort of like A big circle Like it looks Kind of like like a moon shape. You know what a circle is? <laughs> yes, i familiar. I saw some tables in a circle earlier. Yes, uh. there was like a big circle at the back. So that and there were like moon cutouts in the bed. So it's kind of like, oh, it's oh, gonna be like a little it's mystical nighttime. maybe. Night time. And it's called midnight. So it's yeah. like, oh, are they gonna like dwell in the darkness? Mm, are they mm. gonna do, quack quack. Are they gonna, quack, like, oh, you know, like dwell in like the that like mystical energy that you could potentially bring to the table with the magic and the whatnot? I have a feeling they didn't. I'd say if there were like a world of a Cinderella that we've experienced, that you would say that it's like most similar to. And this comes to your tone quest. I'd say it's closest to Ella enchanted I'd say that's sure okay that's the kind You're of like, magical bit fanciful magical and fanciful um but I'd say in this world there are like less like trolls and ogres like the world is less fleshed out in terms of like magical creatures <laughs> sure not a lot of budget not not a lot of magic in this honestly yeah. in this production it's much more it's a little more like a little more political and a little bit more like about relationships. And like You know Trade deals A little bit But not in a Uh, way That would bore you (laughs) Like it's not South Pacific (laughs) First thing that you've said About this entire show Was that they're in debt To a neighbouring kingdom (laughs) Yes they are Great But there's a bunch Of other hijinks That ensue as well Gorgeous Um, In terms of like The familiar moments That occur It feels like The first act especially A lot of the familiar things That tend to always happen To Cinderella Happen quite far apart From each other Like it takes us Quite some time And in terms of the way That the songs Largely function Apart from the comedic ones A lot of the songs Dwell a great deal in exploring like inner feelings and there's not like if we're going to do like the Apollonian Dionysian idea of what the the songs in musicals tend to do mm. it's far more Dionysian in the way that it kind of like everything comes to a standstill and we're just left with a person singing about how they feel at the moment yeah okay because yes. I think the Cinderella I saw also had the same problem it's just a lot of songs about like feelings and nothing happens <laughs> sure which I'm sure. not for no oh you're not no I'm kidding I actually quite like all songs okay yeah You like all songs All of them Name one I a song yeah. Torn by Natalie and Terrific Terrific Yeah Great <laughs> um, Yes And so Yeah Apart from like A really wonderful number That happens with Like Shane Jacobson And the prince And all of like The king's like Servant people So the prince Okay yeah So the prince is not the king Yep Carry on They are Yes <laughs> yeah, I forgot I forgot what for you- a second Yeah I was like Why is Shane Jacobson The romantic lead Why wouldn't Shane Jacobson be the romantic lead? Because I assume Cinderella is a young, young lady. And you suggest that you could not, like, she can't love a person that's a bit older than she? I think Shane Jacobson's more than a bit older at this point. What if Cinderella were being played by Meryl Streep? Well, then I think it would be a different story entirely. (laughs) You know what you're doing. No, I don't. I'm an idiot. Um, Cinderella is played (laughs) by Brianna Bishop, and the character's name is Ella... Oh, very slang and cool Slang and cool Well, we did have to have Apparently based on the way that the book was written We had like a scene That was maybe like six or seven minutes long Of them working out the nickname They were going to give Ella Oh, of course So we have to watch them wrestle with Oh, so her actual (laughs) name is Ella Yes And Cinderella is her nickname Even though it's longer They go through But when you give someone an insulting nickname It doesn't have to be for the sake of haste That's, That's ugly Jake Yes James that's, that's a great example Of <laughs> something like that? that you could do Yeah, yeah um, So Cinderella They end up with Cinderella They do So uh, Ella lives with her father He has come across This woman that he likes um, oh, right. And She's played by Verity Hunt Ballard um, Yeah And she has two daughters Who are also step Like stepsisters To each other and then not biologically related? N- uh, no, which I thought was like a fun inclusion. That ah. they, they themselves, were unless I misunderstood some dialogue, the two of them are stepsisters, in addition to now acquiring Allah as an additional stepsister. I like the idea that you did misunderstand some dialogue and just believe that they're stepsisters. I don't why do you why. like that idea? I think I just think it's funny that like you could misunderstand dialogue somehow that implicates them as we are stepsisters and not real <laughs> sisters. And now let's move on. <laughs> Why? All I, I can, all I can picture in terms of that, that even being like a moment of dramatic payoff for you experiencing this imaginarily uh-huh. is if the two stepsisters, who are actually biological sisters, kiss at some point, everyone in the audience but me goes, Oh! <laughs> and then I go, But they're, not, they're even. not related! But also, Jake, you would love it if they were related and they kissed. You love incest, it's one of your favourite things. On stage, and we cannot get into another rabbit hole of me <laughs> rigorously defending and celebrating on the holy act incest. of incest. Okay. <laughs> I regret bringing this up. Um, so yeah, they get married. and I don't like incest for the record. Carry on. Madame Bellington, who marries Ella's father, is very sweet and very British. They all have... How sweet. I thought she was meant to be like evil. Isn't that an interesting little take they've had? Oh, what a flourish, okay. what a change That's Midnight's twist, I like it, it well, I like it Yeah, no. So that occurs for a while Um, They all have like a fairy tale Accent in the way that they're kind of like Most of them are kind of British yes. But there seems to be this correlation of like If you're evil you sound More poor British Oh they've gone with that sort of, okay sure mm. It's not like posh British people are evil And Americans are good No it's more like if I talk like this I'm not up to anything but if all you talk <laughs> Is that British oh, <laughs> You something. get the idea If you sound like Oliver <laughs> Gonna go and bond you On the head governor That sort of stuff If you sound like Oliver Twist You're probably the Up to <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yes <laughs> Right um, I need to talk about The framing device A thing that A professional Would have done sooner <them>. Um, the framing device is that you remember that like rickety bed I brought up earlier yeah I thought you (laughs) lingered on that for a bit too long (laughs) the beginning of the show is the the, the Stella this little girl Stella Stella, yes Mm. our second Streetcar Named Desire reference unless that was also a character from the Golden Girls no no I think it was actually but no I was referencing Streetcar Named Desire She's in bed She can't sleep She gets up She tells us all this <laughs> Stella So who's Stella again? Stella So she's played In the production that I saw It's a child of course um, oh, Of course Of <laughs> course ch- Oh silly me <laughs> A child um, Who was also one of the children In Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat Oh good for them which Getting, will more come Getting more work more <laughs> work um, yes in the, uh, in the show that I saw It was played by Isabel Lauber. Stella it Can't sleep at midnight Ish She sees this oh. Like a big book Sitting on this writing desk oh. Brings it back to bed With her oh. And she's Talking to us Very much About like Oh I can't sleep Oh look And then <laughs> Begins reading this book Is she evil <laughs> That was meant to be fancy That was not and fancy childish <laughs> It was definitely childish <laughs> but This begins the framing device That is Stella is reading this book That contains the story Of Cinderella Well the story of Midnight <laughs> the Cinderella musical. Yeah, yeah no, that, I'm with you. That we then begin watching and we keep checking oh. in with her now and then to be like, oh. Do we know who she is in relation to the other characters at this point? We come to know sort of. Can I guess who it is and can you confirm for me? Go ahead. Is it Cinderella's daughter? It's unclear. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have just said that from the start. <laughs> Is what happens if you want the framing device to be spoiled oh do it there's a part towards the end skip where... to x time. no don't skip anywhere this is... so she's like towards the end of the story of midnight the cinderella musical in this book she's reading uh-huh. and then after what feels like the end of the narrative of the musical has occurred right terrific through, like, this. through intricate blocking the prince and cinderella have arrived beside the bed where the girl is <sighs> wearing like a scarf. <laughs> so it so lo- times it happened. No, well, it just it seems like maybe they're like different people to the characters they were just playing. And then oh. like, Stella is like Okay, so I've been I I have been reading the book you've been writing. Oh, so it seems like the dad has been writing the story Midnight the Cinderella what musical. Has he been writing? He's writing it and then That's a bit and it's like I did gay. I think I mean, <laughs> that's a bit gay for a man to do, isn't it? <laughs> but like, I don't, maybe it was like a Will and Grace situation, and they adopted a young girl that likes to read at night time. I don't know, but it's like it's because of the scarf he's wearing. <laughs> uh, yes, I forgot the. Scarf. <laughs> I don't know if he's supposed to be the prince or if he's meant to be like are they just like a, like a regular couple, but in this book he's writing he's made them into these fairy tale characters or, or maybe she's reading the story and is imagining her parents having the love of those characters well yeah but if, but he even says a thing of like oh it didn't quite go that way so it's like it, it seems to be based on truth and I... <laughs> maybe he's like yeah telling like a, a richly enhanced fantasy version of how he met the mum for whom? And also, I, I'm not clear, I guess, on where in the timeline of things it occurs. Because, like, is he. If Does the story of Cinderella exist in the universe where he's writing this book? Also, I'll raise you one here, Jacob. Why should, why should we care? What? <laughs> no, no, and that's what it's interesting, too. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say that the framing was good or bad in terms of, like, this device of the child reading this book that she found yeah. that her maybe gay adoptive father wrote. Oh, is it <laughs> just him at the end? No, it's him and Cinderella. Uh, or it's just him and some woman beside this girl's bed having not seen the show I'm choosing to believe that he is just has written a story mm-hmm. and that's all he's done he's writing a story it's a fantasy story and it's loosely inspired by sort of bits of how he met his wife okay. and then the daughter reads it and casts those two roles as them mm-hmm. because that's how she understands love because you learn love by watching your parents Sure. Uh, and then he's just sort of like at the end being like nope that's not how it really happened <laughs> and then it's just a big fake story <laughs> sure and i can also add to that no yes there's, there more more fuck? there's more there's in, more even in terms of framing device additional to that she also while reading this manuscript is making little changes along the way how very and juliet of her <laughs> yeah it is very Aunt yeah. Aunt Juliet, but not many changes oh come on <laughs> what is she changing which is the first change she makes is that when The father is going off on a journey to leave the stepmother behind. Um, They kiss briefly. And her first change as a young girl is to change the kiss to a longer one. (laughs) It's an interesting decision. Later on, she also changes a horse to a Shetland pony. Oh my god. She has the power to change the entire story. What's interesting with that is that it kind of makes her complicit in everything that she doesn't change. Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. Because awful stuff happens. Oh my god. That's fine, but what if the horse was smaller? (laughs) This girl's evil. What a playful little rascal. Oh my god. But also, is she evil if it's just a book? If you could change... No, oh, that's a good question. No, she's not evil. No, obviously she's not evil. <laughs> Why is that obvious? Because it's just a book and she's reading it. These characters are not real. <laughs> okay. So it's fine. What was your question about to be? If you could change one element of Cinderella, mm-hmm. like substantially, yeah, uh, to try and make the story more appealing to y- people like you, fags, <laughs> <thanks>. um, <laughs> not, <laughs> not no, really, just to, to, to your To taste. specifically me? Yeah. What yeah. do you think you would change? What could you change to make it more interesting? Team? One thing. Yeah, one thing. we'll keep it keep it small. Um, I think I'd get rid of all the magic. Oh, that's my first instinct. Sure. why? Um, because I, I'm more interested in like in the people. I think I think. what magic is in Cinderella? Largely the, it's the, the shoe and the godmother Yes Yeah i like to watch. Oh I better make sure you're hot enough to get into that bowl I'd much rather watch like quickly sewing a dress together and trying to make it look good Or like stealing your just evil stepmother's dress or something but, Sure Yep yeah, you can get around that I also like the idea of her like getting into the bowl without having to be all glammed up I Like the idea of I don't know But even like why is she going to the ball in the first place? I don't know I think there's a lot of this story that like doesn't especially resonate with me in terms of like a classic text I'm gonna level with you Jake I think I hate this story (laughs) I think I like the story Until there's any sort of Prince involved I think I like the idea Of like this woman A a spurned girl Living with her evil stepmother No one spurned her Like what is she? just like With her sisters in this house I think I think I always come back to Ever after being my favourite Cinderella Just because of Drew Barrymore Angelica Houston The relationship with the sisters You know Like I just think that part I think I'm just always in love With that type of like These women in this house together Mm. And trying to I don't know, do what they're doing i don't know that's that short. Sure. what would you change in cinderella to uh, make it for you to make it for me i think I'd, i think for me i would just like set it in a completely different much earlier time period i think it would be very funny to see like caveman cinderella why i don't know something about it to me just makes me go that's a challenge maybe not caveman i think like i don't know i just find that anytime they try and modernize it a little bit but don't actually set it in the modern day it's sort of like why are these fairy tale kingdom folk people talking about, like, a democratic election? Like, make it ancient <laughs> Greek, you know? Make it weird. Okay. Or set it in space. You know, like, do something real outlandish. Just change the setting to something very different. But if you change it that hard, isn't it almost you confessing that you don't actually find the source material that interesting? Yeah, I've already told you I hate the story. Well, then, you posed this thought experiment. Yeah, to Your you, suggestion... I didn't think you would turn it around on me. <laughs> it seems to be you just think, let's not do Cinderella. Yeah! <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Sorry, Midnight the Musical. Um, go on. Um, yeah so Favorite bits, Jake. Favorite bits. I want to hear some favourite bits. Um favorite bits. First off, I want to say that Brianna Bishop is incredible as Alice. She's just like oh, so right. yeah, I just yeah, a beautiful, beautiful voice. Mm. Um yeah, her presence on stage was always one of such like dynamic loveliness. Yeah. Um Lucy Jirac? Oh! oh Yeah? Yeah. I yeah. Who did she play? <laughs> did she play The Godmother? Please let her play The Godmother. Great guess. She was playing like this housekeeper that like very much like Rosie O'Donnell in Harriet the Spy. I will not elaborate and I will not describe the plot of Harriet the Spy. Um, Harriet the Spy? (laughs) Michelle Trachtenberg from Gossip Girl before Gossip Girl. Oh God. Yeah, the time before. Jesus. (laughs) BGG. Scary. Carry on, (laughs) Before Gossip And playing this like lovely housekeeper woman who's like helping the dad take care of Ella, sort of. She's just like around sweeping a lot. Okay. <laughs> Cast Lucy Durak as a sweep. <laughs> we don't call them sweeps. Yeah, I do. A sweep. What? So people that are in charge of keeping a place clean are just named after okay. their tools? Okay. I'm not going to back up what I said. <laughs> I'm a I'm a pickaxe. Work in the mines. It sounds like they'd be called a chop. <laughs> okay. It would okay. Be, it, would, it wouldn't be pickaxe. It wouldn't be chop. That would be a a, a a person jumping down a tree, wouldn't it? So a pickaxe. Are you like one of the seven dwarves looking for diamonds? You know I was sexually attracted to dopey as a child? Are you still attracted to dopey people? Not even like Oh, dopey people, yeah. I think dopiness and goofiness is a quality I I value greatly in people. That's interesting. But, um, yeah, I, I legally wanted to change my name to dopey, and I had a sexual attraction to dopey. You wanted to be called dopey? Yeah, I wanted to change my name to dopey. That's interesting. Yeah, what do you think about that? That, I think that's great. I'm thinking of like, which of the dwarves would I want to like, spend an evening with? Not necessarily a sexual one, but you know, it'd be nice. Oh, in this scenario, it is going to be sexual. Oh God. Well, one that I think that I'd be most likely to be sexually attracted to enough to enjoy having sex with them. Um, I suppose I, my mind goes to grumpy. I (laughs) (laughs) think... I'm finally... Like, My mind naturally wanders to Grumpy. Yes, I'd, why? I'd, be, I'd be annoyed by Bashful. I'd get... I don't want get sick from Sneezy. Yeah. Um, Doc seems obnoxious. Um... Is happy- there a drunkie? No, there's Happy. Um, also too irritating. It would make me feel too, like, mad and sad. Uh. Um, and then... Yeah. No. Sleepy. What? It's <laughs> a so process of elimination. But also, I think if I, if I was just in a room with all of them, I think me and Grumpy would have been gang like, bang. Like, let's you know, go. It, I don't. Yeah, he was just like curmudgeonly. I liked he was quite like stubborn. Anyway, <laughs> I don't like where this conversation has gone. Um. So. Um, so. Lucy yeah, Dirac. Lucy Dirac She's she's playing a sweep, <laughs> which you've disparagingly labelled her occupation. Thank you so much. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then, but when they when the dad marries the new woman, that she then. Like, feels there's no need for her anymore in the house. Mm. Um, And then, yeah, goes off. And so there's like a goodbye. And it's like, farewell. And then Georgie had the panicked moment of like, but then what's Lucy going to do? Lucy Durack's in this show and she's Uh, gone. Yeah, it's one of those classic moments. Oh, ye of little faith. And of course, immediately I turned to her and go, Georgie, she's going to be the godmother. Yes! I called it! I didn't say I was correct. Oh. She came back and she was a talking tree. I'm joking, James. She was the godmother. Oh my god, the way I believed you. Almost had she. The you. way I believed you. Of um, course, she was the fairy godmother. You don't get Lucy Durak in to play just a sweep. There's nothing wrong with being a sweep. Uh, there is if you're Lucy Durak. Oh my god. Classism, ladies. God, it's so fun to see Lucy Durak on stage. Oh, I mean, isn't she just. It's just like, yeah, there you are. Yeah, you belong there. You <laughs> <laughs> should be there. You're built for it. Yeah. Get up there. She's great isn't They even she? had her in all pink, like when, like when she was Glinda. When she was playing the godmother, she was oh all pinked up. Oh my god, that's great. I think I saw her in Legally Blonde. See, look at this. Yeah. She, pink people, ladies. They know she what colour she works in. Yep. You know? And, and I, pink. I think she'd work in any colour, but pink does the job. Pink, pink I think it's just pink. She pink, very pink. professionally hailed, and I think it's similar to like, <laughs> you won't hear for this conversation, but when like we, when Elizabeth went and saw Romeo and Juliet, mm. um, she we talked about the fact of like one of those real moments of like stage professionalism is like when that, that JMC performer in Romeo and Juliet Picked up a dropped prop and held it like a professional. Yep. Lucy Durack's magical turban kept falling off, and she held it like a, like a champion. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. Put it back on, or Lucy, just held it. She kept trying to put it back on, then it wouldn't stay on, and then she just put it away. Good on her. All the time, hitting every note, saying every word, getting the magic done. Oh, that Lucy. girl got to the ball. Don't you stress about that. What did Cinderella say when she got to the ball? If you make a like a fucking blowjob joke, I'm leaving. There we go. Move on. <laughs> Um, what were you asking? Oh, there was a moment. There's, I don't care. There's, there's a set piece at the back sometimes when they're sort of in the woods. It's mm. like two big silhouettes of like bent trees that unite in the center of the stage oh, to lovely. make one big overarching tree. Oh, lovely. Yeah, super beautiful. One of my favorite moments for the set was, so there's this, so again, to quickly describe two big overhanging like bent trees. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. So one is bending to the right, one is to the left. When the two pieces of tree depart, like, they cross Uh paths, past each other to leave the stage, Uh it looks like the two silhouettes are going, Oh! (laughs) You realise people can't see you, what, and I don't understand looks, what you're doing. It looks like they're gaily leaving. Like, <laughs> like, if you were to like walk away in the wind, your scarf would trail behind you. <laughs> and that's the noise <laughs> we make? Oh! It looks like that's how these tree silhouettes are leaving. Um, that was really funny. That's one of the dumber things I've said. Yeah, <laughs> it sure <laughs> is. Thomas McGowan was playing the prince. He was great. 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 And he got more and more moments to be kind of like physically comedic as the show went on. I was like, if, it, if we're workshopping the script, go goofier. <laughs> I've got some notes. Yeah, no, because it was wonderful. like I don't know, he was boyish without being like irritatingly like mm. petulant or anything. Um, yeah, he just seemed to have like no real interest in like... Much unlike Simba, he didn't want to be king. <laughs> yeah, can you put in lion, ter- lion King terms for me? I won't get it otherwise. Do <laughs> you know Simba... <laughs> does want to be the king. Are you familiar with that concept? <laughs> Whittle <laughs> is the surname of Bonnie somebody from So the, <laughs> the father goes off. I feel like I have to be detailed because I don't want you all thinking that like it's Cinderella as we've come to know and love it. So there are differences. There are absolutely differences. Interesting differences in yeah. the way of like, it really begs the question, especially with a show so... Like, like a story like this that has been adapted so many times, Mm. it's interesting the things that people hang on to. Because you almost assume that the things that people keep in these tales when they get to tell them themselves, it's like, the things you've kept must be the things that you thought were interesting when you fell in love with this text. Like, if you're going to take Cinderella and do it, the things you leave in are very telling in terms of, like, why you think this story is good. Totally. The dad goes off, (laughs) and while he's gone, we get this flash of him walking on a path somewhere, and then behind him on the path... Comes a hooded figure. Yes! Love Who's a hooded this? figure. Well, that's it. It's sort of like a hooded figure behind him. What's wrong? Let's try to think, in Cinderella, who is the hooded figure? Go on, I'm listening to you now. Yeah, no. So yeah, this hooded figure appears behind him on the road. And is like, <laughs> 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 Going for a walk, are we? Scene ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Magnificent Magnificent I'm back in Then we immediately sort of Get word of his death Oh <laughs> The stepmother is wearing A black veil Oh <laughs> And she's like Cinderella He's dead <laughs> Was it her it Was what her Was it was the stepmother The hooded figure The hooded figure I truly don't know oh. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> this fucking show. What do you mean you don't know? I was grateful that I got to speak to a few people after the show where we got to sort of like compare notes in terms of like what we thought happened in the different theories. Albums. Theories in terms of just, just a few plot points where we were a bit like, oh, is this this? Does that mean that? And this was one of the things where it's like, it seems like that the, the, the dad dies at the hand of this hooded figure. Mm. And then, um, but we couldn't sort of work out because he, it, not to spoil Cinderella, but he ends up not being dead. He just ends up being not dead home (laughs) so where was he based on what like the research that the group of us have done and did outside of that theatre is we believe that the stepsisters knew the plan was afoot like the stepmother did instigate the murder of this man Uh. but the stepsisters got wind of it and then bargained with the person in the hood whose identity is maybe their uncle (laughs) to get the stepdad out of the clutches of this man Through like a financial exchange of some sort But he's still left in the woods This is like the Snow White Like just bring me her head Don't bring me her heart Like like, <laughs> Bring back her heart In this dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Okay. That box feels <laughs> very relevant <laughs> based on the soundtrack. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'll take this box with me now. And not like a bag or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking lugging like, this box around. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a foggy plot element. Yeah. But the dad lived. So that's Great. good for dads so good for everywhere. Dad. <laughs> um, yeah, to point out some other stuff. One of the high points musically and comedically was Shane Jacobson's Saint Shane Jacobson's oh my song. God. As, it's a lot of hard words to is say. It? Shane <laughs> Shane Jacobson's song as the king. Say it where, one more time. Where we establish <laughs> Thomas McGuan's prince uh-huh. lack of interest, unlike Simba in being the king. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yep, yep. And the king is like. It's so fun to be the king. Wanna hear why? And then he and his ensemble of servant dancer people, who you may call sweeps, I'm unsure. No, no, you can't use it as a plural. Have this wonderful song that is, as you would enjoy, a little bit meta theatrical. Oh. But it's just it's it's I mean, just so wonderful. There's like this collection of wonderful performers singing this like funny song about things that are great about being the king while these servants are kind of like quipping along the way of like, oh my god, we're being made to sing this song. Ha ha ha. Oh, we're terrific. kind of exhausted. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's um, my sort of great. bullshit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, which brings me to just pointing out like Connor Putland. Um, or Connor Partland, I don't know I don't know him Careful. But I just thought like, Stuck out as like an especially like Wonderful and funny Member of the ensemble Especially oh, in God. this piece but It's then nice throughout when the sh- you latch on someone that just Is consistently Works for you the whole time Yes It's yeah. great to have As we've talked about One of those people That's in the ensemble That you can just always Be looking for Because you always enjoy Watching them do stuff Stars Yes very much one of them As well as Sarah Louise Younger Also an en- ensemble member Who played like a bar wench In a moment Oh it's- how many times have we had a bar wench? Oh my god. I it's, love a bar wench. It's one of those like musical theatre settings where it's like, it just put a bar scene in. Everyone will enjoy it. <laughs> yep, everyone will dance. Yes. It's going to be fucking Gaston or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I will say that this bar scene, the content of the song and the, like, the function of the song and the messages of the song seems to be essentially, like it's this thing that gets reprised a couple of times. And like I believe the name of the song and a lot of what was repeated in the song was like, You Only Live Once. YOLO. Yes, one of the cocktails at the venue was called YOLO. Oh, no. Apparently, I have the inside scoop. People are pretty reluctant to say, I'll have one YOLO, please. Yeah, good. <laughs> I wouldn't get a- so, it. So, there's this song in this bar that all the people inside the bar sing, and it's called You Only Live Once, I think. And But <laughs> it was a bit disheartening in the way of, like, it was... Have you? Are you familiar with Sunshine on Leaf? It's a jukebox musical... No. I won't bring it up then, but <laughs> But the song itself There's a couple of characters that come forward Connor being one of them Who sing about how they had these dreams The dreams didn't work out And then the song is all about And like the thesis of the song seems to be <laughs> Like one of the lines I believe is like Literally I'm paraphrasing is like We can't look forward So let's just dance now <laughs> And the idea seems oh. to be it's You can't tell what life's going to do We are likely going to be the victims of it As we have been in the past Dreams are difficult to make happen and oftentimes they fail. So let's just be friends and drink and dance. It seems to be the theme I mean, song of alcoholism. it's good. It's good. It yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just, it didn't feel especially hopeful. It felt a let's little bit. Let's shoot up heroin and die in a ditch. <laughs> sure. Um, let's yeah. not shoot up heroin. But yeah, in terms of thesis, I suppose it was upbeat, but also a little bit sad to me. Sure, I mean, that. But, yeah, that sort of thinking, it's always a bit sad. But also, I think that's the... Again, this is the post-hope world we're living in. Like, yeah. that is the best we can hope for. No, that's okay. super There Mal- you go. Melanie yeah. Mal- Mal- Bird was just, like, remarkable as Tiffany Fallington, one of the stepsisters. Like, oh, the two sure. of them were great. But, yeah, especially, like, she really shone in this scene where she was, like coercing the stepsister into being like as menacing and devious as she was oh she's um, the more devious one Yeah, yes, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. the bad influence of the two sisters no, and one. it had a similar <laughs> it, it, a similar charm and nature and enjoyability to it that's that the song that you would have seen mm-hmm. in the Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella mm-hmm. where the two stepsisters are singing about how crappy Cinderella is yes and it's like why What a fella want a girl like her oh <laughs> I love that song. That's, the, song that's the song I like from the music oh great yeah it felt oh, a bit like that yeah that's good yeah. oh gorgeous mm-hmm Um, So, Verity Hunt Ballard playing Madame Bellington. So, once, and again, these are spoilers and such, so if you're gonna see the show, see it first. Madame Bellington, so the moment that the stepdad sort of dies, she's like consoling Cinderella, and she's like, oh, Cinderella. It's so sad, but we're going to get through it. Mm. And then she sort of, like, talks to the stepsisters for a moment, turns back to the weeping Cinderella, and immediately goes from, like, oh, everything's going to be okay, to...
1: Oh, you little dirty piece of oh, shit. Oh, she turns
0: cockney! <laughs> yes, so... Which, of course, means evil. Evil in this one? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, amazing. I love... Evil voice And there's there's Like a moment of recognition In their stepsisters That are like Oh our mother is finally Herself again So the whole ruse Was Like a good thing or In that they Like to to them They felt like That she was abandoning them For her newfound love For Cinderella Oh okay okay You know But it ended up Just being like an act I don't know Yeah but Yeah And so I It seems like her scheme was Find a man Marry him Kill kill him him. Get the house (laughs) I mean it's a good scheme. Look, if you want a house, it's a good way to get one. It's a great way to get a house. <laughs> Hire a hooded figure. Make sure no one knows who it is. Mm-hmm. That's my plan. Oh, <laughs> Jake, You'll need to find someone to love you first. Oh, God! <laughs> Sorry, that was meant to be a Frozen reference. Um, so a thing I have to bring up. Oh. I need to, because I need to talk to you about it. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Cinderella has a teddy bear? Yeah. <laughs> And its name is Mr. Abernathy. What? Why? (laughs) And while Lucy Durack is leaving to, like, go away, which is just the sweep. (laughs) (laughs) As she's leaving, in a moment of secrecy, she waves her hands over the teddy bear and is like, protect her. (laughs) What? Which that means that later on in the show, Mr. Abernathy, the teddy bear, (laughs) comes to life... Is it like a full-sized man in a suit? Or no, what? so it is a teddy bear, like it's a puppet teddy bear Okay, okay, okay It's this white teddy bear with these dead eyes Good And comes to life, starts talking <laughs> And I immediately fall in love with it But it comes to life you're an And is like What's oldest this dick? <laughs> Oh! Oh yes. my god, that's I mean that's that's funny. The grumpy British guy. <laughs> that's so good. I mean what was that movie's um uh Seth MacFarlane did? Ted? Ted. I mean that's just Ted, isn't it? It's <laughs> That's so good. I don't wanna pollute Mr. Abernathy with the notion of Ted. So What's all this <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Mr. Abernathy. <laughs> Why is it called Mr. Abernathy? Why is there a bear? Why does she enchant the bear? <laughs> Like, this will work. Does the bear it's, protect her? Does it step in? Does it do anything? It is entirely needless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does no job of protecting good. her. <laughs> She's just just there for a laugh. Just there to have a laugh. I feel like it's really tickles you. Functionally, it gives Cinderella a way of like talking about her yes. feelings so we don't have to guess them. <laughs> That's clever writing, that is. That's it's good. Such, it's such a funny flourish. Like, you have all of Cinderella to it, like, adapt and work with. And you and add s- Mr. Abernathy. someone the in the process bear. comes to a, like, one of the development meetings and they're like, what if we add a bear? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would go with it. I would go with that. Add a bear. And I'd want to be in the room where people are okaying those ideas. That's really funny. He should be really gruff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What if he what should never do anything though. Yeah. What if he's not especially likable? <laughs> I think Jack It's so fucking wild. And then so and it was really fun to sort of get a grasp of the audience's relationship with Mr. Abernathy There's a part where Cinderella is sitting alone, like on a mountainside. Okay. And she says something like, God, I'm so lonely. Huh? <laughs> and then the audience, <laughs> 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 he trudges up that hill. The audience goes fucking wild. <laughs> the audience, you can hear. Like, it feels half and half at this point. You hear Cinderella say what feels like at this point like a dog whistle of <laughs> like I'm so lonely. And half of the audience, I feel like most of us know what's about to happen. Yeah. Half of them audibly go. Oh, <laughs> right on cue, Mr. Abernathy. <laughs> I love him so much. Pops up behind the set piece to signify Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> What's all this dude? You look lonely, dove. Oh, God. I'm I used to work as a sweep, I did. Oh, my goodness. But then this scene, the climax of this scene, though. After talking to Cinderella for a bit and trying to, like, lift her spirits up. Yeah. He then comes out, now performed by Matt Lee who's, like, d- d- wonderful, quite prolific, has been on a lot of, like, recent, like, stage musicals and whatnot. In yeah, this. but when you say performed, you mean, like, he's, like, standing and just holding this teddy bear? No, so he comes out with, like, a little headpiece on. <gasps> he's wearing, like, a little outfit, so he looks kind of like Mr. Abbott Oh, my God. But not in a way that would impede his capacity to dance, thankfully, because Matt is, like, so funny and so good at dancing. Like, yeah, he's such yeah. a wonderful performer. And he was such, like, a luminous, fantastic... Person in this show Oh lovely Um Because he also played Like a Lumiere-esque Servant to the oh, prince Oh there's so it's got a, to be one Yes so there's a, a lot of like Gaston Josh Gad Type of stuff But like legitimately Charming and funny yes, Yeah sorry, for, Sorry for bringing up yeah, Josh Gad Forget Josh Gad Think right. about Matt Lee He's great I'm So now he is playing Lee. Mr Abernathy <laughs> <laughs> But like a human version oh. Um <laughs> Which means Oh, okay. So then he gets to launch into this song The pr- like, the idea of which is like Remember that Mr. Abernathy is a teddy bear? Yes <laughs> <laughs> The song, oh, the yeah, song is middle. called the song Can I is, guess? Is it called like um, Stuffed Too Full? Not far off What is it? It's, you, your life is never as stuffed as me <laughs> Do it! <laughs> Magnificent, like the antithesis of Olaf is what he's doing. (laughs) And there's a part where he's like, (laughs) Yeah, it's like, your life is never quite as stuffed as me. And then Cinderella is like, You are full of cotton. (laughs) Oh. Oh my god! I'm gonna listen to that. So I, I can't find it. Wait, really? <laughs> I need to look harder. I can't find it. Um, but yeah, it's so great. And then it's also like the climax of this wonderful song that comes truly out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> then this is like this stunning, like long tap routine that happens, each oh! of the other cast members come in dressed as like different toys. And there's just this wonderful dance piece that happens. Oh my god! And you're like, what? I've come around. I've come around. I've I've to what? Back to liking Midnight. (laughs) I hated it before, but now I like it. Because of Mr. Abernathy. He saved it for me. I particularly like that half the audience hates him. I think that's great. It's the mark of a great character. Half the audience hates him, half the audience (laughs) forgot he's actually there. That's good stuff. (laughs) Mr. Abernathy. (laughs) It's just so strange. Oh. Oh, I love it. And then there's this part where, at the end, around the same time as the reveal that her parents are Will and Grace and are maybe writing a book together. (laughs) God, there's so much. (laughs) There's also, she's then, the little girl is then holding the bear that is Mr. Abernathy. Oh. So it feels like maybe, maybe in like an old version of the script, we had met Mr. Abernathy with the girl and then we know that she's inserted the bear into the show. Oh! Maybe. I don't know. It's just. It's such an odd inclusion. It, yeah, it seems weird not to make that the reason Mr. Abernathy's there. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm not spending enough time talking about the actual romance At the middle of this show. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Between the Prince and Cinderella. Yeah. There's a moment that happens which I just think is funny. They have like a, like a like sweet sort of meeting conversation together where they sort of run into each other in the woods. Um, and then, yeah, they, it's like funny for a while and then. <laughs> Towards the end of the scene, it's like, which I think is one of my favourite jokes in the piece, is when um, Cinderella's leaving, Mm. and she's like, oh, see you sometime. It's like, oh, and then gives him a very specific thing of like, oh, I'm normally around here like, at like, after dinner. Right. At like, 6pm. Oh, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's funny. And she's actually telling him where yeah. to go and where to meet her, like tomorrow. That's funny. But then he sings a song about, I'll go anywhere I have to to find you. It's like, she, she told, just you, told you. She told you where to go. What? <laughs> yeah, so that confused me. But got to hear Thomas McGuan's beautiful voice. True, but the prince has always got to be a bit thick, you know? A bit thick. In the brain. Oh, in the brain. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, the prince has always got a bit thick. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not in the penis, in, like, the, the, the bum. Oh, you're talking about butts. Yes. Oh, good. That's fine then. <laughs> now, in the theme of Disney uh, bullshit, is there a, a camp villain? Is there a camp man? Is there an evil vizier to the king? Like... <laughs> um, what is there? Well, there is, of course, Verity Hunt Ballard, mm. who's doing like a really wonderful job of like. I wanted to clap louder for her. That I did I But was I didn't pretty, but, but, but I was clapping pretty loud But I would have gotten All bloody stumped If I tried much harder yeah, But fair. yeah I thought she was wonderful In the way that she had to be like So like snaky mm. And yeah manipulative And like have a lot of secrets And had to master like Two wildly different accents Which is maybe a Yeah la- Yeah you know From this to this Yes it's a real rage It was really great And great. it was really It was up to her And her performance ability To like convey A lot of the intricacies Of what that character was up to Sure So which she yeah, nailed So effortlessly And her voice is so good Like it had been a while Since I'd heard her sing And I'm like God, I like what her voice. What did she before? I can't remember. I just oh. remember like seeing her face, hearing her voice, and being like, "Oh, this woman from my vague sure. memories." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Beyond that, there's like a moment where it's like, remember how there's uh, the, the whole financial debacle with the king? <laughs> yes. So like the king of the other town that they borrowed the money from that has come to collect on his debt. Mm. He kind of has uh, like a Jafar vibe. to There him. we go. There's yeah, you know. There's, there's always there's, one. There's a little bit. Yes. Of... <laughs> oh. i gay and i evil. <laughs> Princess Jasmine. <laughs> it's always one. No, but it, and, but it was good to have that recognisable moment. Like, I'll never mind, like, a gay-coded villain. Oh, I don't sure. think this guy was gay-coded. He just sounded a bit like, like Jafar. But yes, the whole thing of him, though, was like, so you're having this ball, and at the end of the ball, <laughs> at midnight, you must announce that the prince is marrying my daughter. Oh, you know? okay. And then yeah, he'll, like, yeah, forgive yeah. the debt. You know, and that's the debt will be repaid, <laughs> and that's just you know part of his scheme. Okay. That's part of it. and that's the reason that pr- the prince can't be with Cinderella immediately. Okay. You know, there's that classic tension. There's so much going on in this version of Cinderella, and it feels that way. Like while you're watching it, it's like, oh my god, they've like really like because of course, with such a familiar story, you can shorthand stuff, you can, stuff, you can skip through stuff. Mm. Like oftentimes in like the Cinderellas that I've experienced, like the dad's dead within the first five minutes. Yes. Oh god. But we get yes. so much dad get it out of the way. Get out. Yeah. out of the way. Which is not a negative thing. No. It's like, Oh, okay. You want you really want us to like really understand. The relationship. More is, is loss. More is yeah, yeah, and like yeah, because I think Kate Miller Heidke wrote. Like, the grief song that Cinderella sings after the dad dies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. In closing, I suppose. Yeah. A fun time at the theatre. a right. Really good. Really great in terms of, like, I really enjoyed, like, unpacking it with people afterwards. Like, in the, like, on Exhibition Street. I loved standing oh, there and so being, nice. like, it was even just nice to get to be talking about such, like, an old tale that we all sort of grew up with and being, like, oh, this is what these people did with it. Mm. It was, like, an incredible cast of, like, cast of performers. Mm. Like part of what was so like Jaw-dropping about it Was just like how much They all seemed So like genuinely happy up there So magnificently talented There were so many like Ensemble numbers And like big cast oh Moments for them god. on stage Good And it's like Isn't it so nice When it's like You have so many people Why Use they them Use them Oh yeah, my god Why are they absolutely. all just Out there all the time Yep It was just so wonderful In that way um, Yeah it's, It certainly all felt Very like well in, like I don't know Good intentioned And yeah It had like fairy tale Charm to it Oh that's so Um, nice Yeah I was yeah Curious to see what John Foreman would do With this type of project Mm. um, Because I just As I said Find him to be so magnificent And such like a wonderful Contributor to like The art scene in this country Oh And anything that's Willing to be This sort of like Charmingly random I just totally. Think. Oh, my God, yes. Do more goofy shit. Yeah. Come on. It's yeah. exciting that something with like, this much money inside of it and this many minds working together are happy to have flourishes like Mr. Abernathy. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. The fact that it has fun in it and it isn't just a... Oh, God, yeah. No, I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, and like ideas that don't feel sandpapered down and seem a little bit like just like weird brain children. But I, I or, like, guess we'll compare it to bad Cinderella when it comes around. I suppose we'll have to. Mm, we'll have to do another Cinderella. Mm-hmm. So many Cinderella's. And also, I'm just... I, could, I would love to see if they, like revamp it and make some like tweaks and changes and like to see after having like this large scale run if it becomes something else and like it goes the bad Cinderella route of like will it be quite different quite soon where's the Mr. Abernathy (laughs) spin-off that's what half the audience is clamoring for (laughs) and only half (laughs) Oh, the, the light is fading from the room Jake
1: it yes, must, the sun's gone down. It dep- must geez. be
0: nearing midnight. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. At which point, the only thing that happened at midnight was like, I believe Lucy Jones Oh yeah! I'm sorry, we do need to discuss what midnight had to do with the show. Midnight so it's like at midnight, of course, the prince had to announce his affiancement to the princess of Veroni- Veronia. Veronia. I kept thinking thing. they were going to say Verona. It's like, no Jack Incorrect. <laughs> they live in Glenrovia, and the princess, the really lovely princess from Veronia, she seemed so nice. Oh my God, marry her. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they had this very like, as you sort of like immediately read, which I thought was impressive in the way that it's like a subtle thing to pick up on, I think. It's like she and the prince... Very much had this very, like, friendly, lovely... But somehow also felt very, like, cousinly in the way that they, like, get along. They really like each other. Mm. But neither of them have, like, any interest in getting married. Oh, how lovely. What a lovely relationship to see on stage. And so much nicer than them going the route of, like... That fucking princess From goddamn She's like yes. a spoiled bitch And everyone hates her Or her it. being like I'm gonna bring down Cinderella So I can have the man You know That's yes. nice Or her being like Some conventionally like Unattractive person That's like Oh look oh at God, that Frumpy yes. loser I'm Shack not talking with the ball Jane Yes mm. I'm not marrying that That's refreshing <laughs> Oh Isn't that's nice? really refreshing Okay yes. yes And then midnight comes around Midnight comes around Um, And They yeah. all die They all die it's about a massacre <laughs> um, Yeah, no No, and then also I, I, Yeah, I believe that Lucy Durack said That when midnight hits Also like the magical dress she gave her Would start to Explode Explode <laughs> Be careful, Cinderella <laughs> That's very flammable fabric And come midnight time da darling <laughs> The moonlight shall see it burst into flame Dance cautiously yes. No, that's not what happened No, I think like a couple of strands of the fabric came loose and she like left her shoes behind. Oh! <laughs> oh, and then she did. You know how people make the joke when they talk about Cinderella and make jokes, which I assume a lot of your conversations <laughs> revolve around. I right? actually tried to make a joke about Cinderella earlier. Go on. <laughs> I'm often walking into cafes to see my chums, and I'm like, guys, have you read Cinderella? It's <laughs> pretty good. This plot point is pretty insane. So you know how he like gets the shoe, takes the shoe, makes it like yes. wants everyone to try it Stips on. the shoe, yeah. Uh huh. Right. And then tries to get all the women in the village to try on the yes. shoe. After all of the women in the village also had to go to a ball that he was throwing She yes, was really pushy. Asking a lot of these women. Yes. <laughs> But goes around, and you know the joke that everyone makes it's like, oh, well, surely she's not, like, unless she has really odd feet, surely other people will fit into this yeah. shoe. And that's the case in this take. Right, wrong. A bunch, there's like a hundred or something women that fit into this goddamn shoe. Oh, thank God. I mean, thank God. Oh, my God, it's just more realistic, isn't it? <laughs> Which is what I, that's the reason I turned to fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, I want realistic shoes and talking teddy bears. <laughs> Uh, we have a, we have an email oh we're down, we're yeah. wrapping up we're done we have an email um, Yeah, invite us to stuff we'd love to come and see it yeah I'd love to come and see it there's stuff coming up we w- want to see it let us know about it yeah um, <laughs> yeah um, as usual we, we may already disagree with everything we just said yep, yep. Yes. except yeah. for that Mr. these stuff we have got to stick to our guns on that one yes. we're going to take a stance uh, and friends don't let friends become theatre critics mm-hmm. no um, so join us next time on praise Dionysus Oh, 100, yes.